Isn't it's been a magnificent night to see all of these talented people giving themselves to the Lord Jesus? When we're so honored that you're here with us tonight, uh, and I want to thank you all for coming out because I know it's not easy. And so to those of you who are here and to those who are watching us at home, we wish you all the most blessed Christmas ever uh, as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. And the message tonight that I hope will resonate in your hearts is the story of Christmas in the eyes of the shepherd. I just love the idea of what God did with the shepherds. Uh, and I have been preaching on the Christmas story for the past month, and I wanted it to culminate on Christmas Eve uh, with the message about the shepherds. And so the shepherds take center stage. Uh, and as they take center stage, I want you to understand they were not looked at in a kindly way uh, in Jewish society. You know, we have this kind of um, image in our own minds now of this uh, shepherds, and we view them in this very elegant, highly uh, anglicized fashion. But in fact, that was absolutely not the way uh, the Jewish people looked at the shepherds. And so we breeze over this story, really, and yet, in fact, we need to dive deeply into it because you see, God is speaking in a poignant manner, a poignant manner, about what he did that night through the shepherds. And so if you have your Bibles, we've already read it once, but I want to read it again. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. I read it in the NIV. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone over them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What an amazing story. Here they are, the lowest of the low, uh, the most despised group of people uh, in Israel. And now God comes to them. God speaks to them and announces the birth of his son. And he speaks to them first. And the Bible tells us that they were terrified. Well, every single time in the Bible where an angel comes to speak to some person in humanity, the common theme is terror. 
Because you see, angels are generally enormous, they're big, they're powerful, and when a human being comes face to face with them, it's very terrifying. And so here they are, these lowly of the lowest people, now having an angel come to them, and you can imagine what they thought God was going to punish them. That's what they thought. God was reaching out to them, and it wasn't going to be good news, all right? And so now instead, the angel tells them, no, we come to bring good news. And so what is so fascinating to me about God uh, is the way he comes to speak to this lowly group. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I come to bring to you good news. Yes, they were fearful. Yes, they knew their status. Yes, they knew they were reviled and despised. Uh, and were convinced that if God was showing up in their life, it wasn't for any good purpose. But you see, instead, that's exactly how your God is. This message shows the heart of God uh, and, and focuses on the shepherd as a people group. Uh, and so I want you to realize exactly how the shepherds were viewed in that society. In that society, effectively, it was divided up into two groups, either clean or unclean. Uh, and based on the food you ate and the kind of job that you had and whether you came in contact with animals, you were going to be judged by that society as either clean or unclean, which meant if you were unclean, you were not considered worthy in the eyes of God. And that's exactly how the shepherds were viewed. And so now here's the point. When you are unclean, you cannot go to the temple. You cannot make sacrifices. The scriptures are read in the temple, and you're not going to be able to hear them read. The celebration days are meant to be celebrated in the temple, and you are barred from that. You can't even set foot into the temple. This means that all of the spiritual life aspects that everyone else had in Israel, you were barred from having it. Can you imagine what it had to be like to be these kinds of people? Uh, meanwhile, they are guarding the very animals that will be used in the sacrifices in the temple. What an irony is that, that this lowly group of people would sit there and prepare and guard the very sacrificial animals that would come and be used in the temple, but they themselves could not step in. And so they had no civil rights. They could not testify in court. In fact, there was a Jewish law, believe it or not, that said that if a shepherd fell into a pit, you were under no obligation whatsoever to pull him out and to rescue him. Can you believe it? They were considered to be thieves, unworthy, untrusty, untrusted, and a totally despised class of people. And so when you begin to understand their actual jobs and the fact that they're guarding the very animals that would be used in the animal sacrifice and they're looking for the firstborn male, uh, you see the significance of what God is doing here. The irony that these would be the very first people who would learn that the Son of God was born in a manger in Bethlehem. They would be the very first. Notice to whom the angels come to. Do they go to Jerusalem? Do they go to the temple? Do they go to the high priest? 
Do they go to the Pharisees and the scribes? Do they walk down the streets of Jerusalem and announce the birth of the Son of God? No, no. Because God sees the heart. God sees the heart. And he sees that these self-righteous, arrogant people, full of religiosity, did not have a heart for God. They were self-serving, concerned about themselves, narcissistic in every way. And yet God looks for those who are brokenhearted, those who need a savior, those whose lives are broken and recognize that the only way up is through salvation, through God himself. Now you see, this is a graphic picture for you tonight of the heart of God. Uh, and understanding the meaning of the birth of Jesus Christ. And I hope every one of you will leave here with this image in your mind. And so God sent the message to the lowly, to the outcast, to the despised, to the brokenhearted, not the religious elite, not the arrogant, not to the scribes, not to the Pharisees, but in fact to the lowest of the low. It is in fact the very metaphor of what Christianity stands for. It is what your God stands for on that great night when he ended the darkness forever and light came into the world forever. He came for those who were lost and were broken and recognized they needed a savior. And so the angels came to the shepherds, people who were doing what they did every single day of their life, nothing special people going through the ordinary routines of their life. Think of what you were when you were called. Not that not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many of you were born of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things of this world and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one, no one could boast before God. What an incredible set of verses that is about who God is and how he chooses us and how he looks for those who bow before his throne and submit to his will, who desperately need a savior, who are not arrogant, who are not lifted up, but recognize that they're lost and that the only way that they can be lifted up is if God touches them. So why start Jesus' story with the shepherds? Because the message of Jesus is for everyone. Uh, the message for you today, and I wanna say this, is that you are not too low, you are not too insignificant, you are not forgotten by God. I want you to recognize that you need to recognize the time of your visitation and the time of your redemption. Uh, and I want you to recognize what Jesus himself said as he started his ministry, the first time he walked into a synagogue on the first day that he started that ministry. And when he walked into that synagogue, and we know that his ministry would be three years long, he walked into that, that synagogue and on that day they gave him a scroll because every day they would have a different scroll. And so they give Jesus the scroll to read. Imagine that. Here, read this scroll. 
And Jesus unwraps this scroll, and it's found in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 21. And it says there, as he read it from Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying today to them, today, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Can you imagine what it had to be like to hear that, to see the God of the universe read that scroll and to tell you that he was anointed to come and break the shackles of sin, to break the blindness of sin, to set those of us who are caught in sin forever to be freed of that. He had come to break all of that and he announced it that day in the synagogue. And so you see, when the shepherds get this message, they are besides themselves. Who would ever think that God would come and speak to them like this? That God would lift them up and affirm them and honor them. They're the lowest of the low. No Jew, no self-respecting Jew would ever have anything to do with them. And so you see, when they reflected on what God had done, they then go and see the baby. And you see that in Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 18, where it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something. When you come face to face with Jesus Christ, you are changed forever. All right? You are changed forever. I want you to see this. These people who the day before were despised and outcast and put at the very bottom run of society. Now, after coming face to face with Jesus Christ and worshiping him there, now they're evangelists. They're going around speaking about how great God is and what God has done. You understand that this only happens when you come face to face with God, face to face with Christ. And you see the overflowing joy that cannot be contained. And I want you to recognize something else. You see, they went there themselves to see the baby. Now, in another passage in scripture, when the wise men came into Jerusalem, they went to the temple and they asked Herod and the wise men there asked the religious leaders, where is the king of the Jews going to be born? Well, you see the religious elite opened the Bible and looked at Micah chapter five and said, right here in Bethlehem. Where's that? It's just seven miles down the road. Go down the road, then make a little right. You'll run right into Bethlehem. But they didn't go themselves. They had no interest in seeing the Son of God. Because in their minds, they weren't interested in a baby. 
They were only interested in a political leader who would be able to throw off the shackles of, of Rome. Instead, God gave them a baby who would deliver them forever from sin. But you see, that's what happens when we're so tied up in our own religiosity, in our own arrogance, that we don't understand exactly what God is doing for us. And so let me say this for you today. No one is too far away from God to be reached. If you're here tonight, and this may be the first time that you're in church in a long time, I want you to know something, that's between you and God. But I don't care about where you've been. I don't care about what things you've done in your life because God doesn't care. I don't care if you've had sins in your life or you've had broken relationships or your marriages are broken or your relationships with your children are broken. I want to tell you tonight that God doesn't care about any of that. God sees you tonight as his child and he loves you and just the way that he reached out to the broken shepherds, he's reaching out to you. This is your chance. This is your point for you to recognize this. And it's very clear uh, in Romans chapter 5, it says very clearly, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He sent him to us while we still sinned. God didn't send him to you because of your winning personality. God didn't send him to you because you did some good deeds, because we know that other scriptures say that God looks at your good works and sees it as filthy rags. God sees your heart. And if your heart tonight is broken, and if your heart tonight is seeking God and asking God to come into your life, God will come into your life and he will wipe the slate clean. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. You will leave tonight. This will be the first night of the rest of your new life. This will happen. And that's the message what this is about. Look, when the, when the shepherds got this message, did they sit down and form a committee? Did they sit down and say, let's discuss this thing. What should we do? Should we leave the flock or should we go? They left the flock. They left it. They felt that God would take care of the sheep. They were going to see Jesus. They were going to see the Son of God. And God sees that. God sees their heart. And so here's the point. They didn't pursue religion. And what I would say to you is if you think your pursuit of religion is going to get you to heaven, you're, you're famously wrong. God doesn't care about your religiosity. God doesn't care about your religious denomination. God doesn't care about the fact that your grandparents started the church, all right? God doesn't care about the fact that you may be traveling on somebody else's spiritual passport. All God cares about is your heart. Is your heart. And is your heart broken? And are you reaching out to seek him? Because religion, you see, will never Give us the life that we long for. It never will. But only a personal relationship with God himself through Jesus Christ. The shepherds were changed men forever because they experienced Jesus Christ that night. They saw the Messiah. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says it all. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. 
the relationship changes us forever. You know, folks, you see this production that we put on tonight. What you don't know is the number of people that have been here all day long since about 10.30 this morning. People making cookies, people preparing the, the hallways, people preparing coffee and hot chocolate and preparing everything that you see. The ushers, all right, the, uh, the greeters, those people that wrote up the programs. Then you see the musical aspect of the program, people that have practiced for weeks, whose talent is immense. And you come to say, why does this happen? It happens because all these people love Jesus Christ. You understand This is no mere concert. This is an outreach from this church by people who have dedicated themselves to Jesus Christ and want to serve Christ and speak for Christ and be his hands and his feet. That's why you see what's going on. And this is what happens when you are changed. This is what happens when you come face to face with Jesus Christ. And so this message about the, re the, the shepherds ought to resonate with so many people this evening. How many of us have been left out in society? How many of us have broken marriages, have broken relationships with our children? How many of us can call ourselves part of the religious elite? How many of us are cut out in so many ways that life hasn't done for us what we thought it should be, that we've experienced numerous failures? How many of you find yourself in this way. Uh, and so here's the point. God doesn't care about your status. He cares about your heart. He's looking at your heart. And make this point tonight that you say to God, I want you to see my heart, Lord. I desperately need a savior. I desperately need you, Jesus. I want to walk with you for the rest of my life. And so religiosity means absolutely nothing. And so many of us are walking mindlessly because we think we belong to a church and we go every Sunday, but our lives never change. Look, God doesn't care about that. God is interested in your heart. Have you made that personal connection with Jesus Christ? Don't let another day go by. Don't let another day go by without doing this. And so I know that there are folks here tonight that are hurting. I know it. Uh, and I know that, God, that life has overtaken many of you. I know this. And I know that you're burdened and saddened and depressed. God sees that. Do you understand? And so if you think that God doesn't care about you, this message proves absolutely otherwise. He sees your heart. He knows you. He loves you just as the way he did for the shepherds. Just as he stood up for the shepherds, those broken people, uh, and he did it. And so the key for you tonight is to accept forever the free gift of salvation, the gift of Jesus Christ, just as the shepherds did. Let us go and see, and as they see, as they went and saw, they worshiped the baby. That's what it is about. Salvation is not about joining a church. Rather, it's about attaching yourself to the body of Christ forever, accepting him as your Lord and Savior, saying to him as you bow before his throne, Lord, forgive me. And so what I would say to you tonight is you can change your life forever tonight. You can walk out of here forever, changed forever. And it's a very simple thing. It's between you and God. We don't have any special procession. 
uh, any special ceremony, but what I would say to yourself is if you bow your head and you can make this very simple prayer to yourself, to God, between you and God, and basically you would say, Lord, I am lost. I am a sinner. I accept you today as my Lord and Savior, and I will follow you, Jesus. I will follow you for the rest of my life. And if you made that prayer to yourself, this will be the first day of the rest of your new life. God will now hold you in his hand. And I want to tell you something. Scripture says nothing, no power, no principality, no demon. Satan himself could not take you out of the hand of God. Once you've committed yourself to God in the way that I've said to you tonight, God will hold you there forever. And your life, your life will be changed forever in this world because no longer are you an accident waiting to happen. No longer do you expect you don't know what's going to happen to you when you get up. But now you know you are within the hand of God himself, that he controls your destiny. And as you live this life and walk with him in this life, he will be with you right until the end when the curtain departs and you step from this life into the next. And there you will be with Jesus Christ. And you will be with God. And you will be with your family that have gone before you in prayer. And so, don't let this night go by without making that decision. And what I would say to you is, I will be down on the floor as this service ends. And if any of you want me to pray with you, I will. If any of you want to discuss it with me further, I will. But there's nothing more important in this Christmas message that recognizing that what God did for the shepherds, what God did for the shepherds, he could do for you. Because that shows the heart of God. And so what I would say to you as we get to this point of the service, on that night, on that very special night, on that silent night, when God interrupted the darkness of the world, the sin of the world with the light forever, the eternal light of Jesus Christ, this world would never be the same. It would never be the same. And no human being who would ever accept Jesus Christ would ever be the same. You are a child of the King. Amen, church. Amen.